Good morning, Mill City. So good to be together. Um, For anybody who's maybe brand new with us, my name's Aaron Stern. I'm the lead pastor here, and I have the joy of serving here and have for the last now 11 years. We today, this is our first Sunday of our 12th year. Uh, Last week, if you were here, uh, was our 11th birthday, uh, February 26, 2012 was the very first Sunday that we gathered in this space as a church community, and 11 years later to the day, last Sunday, uh, we celebrated all that God was doing and has done. In 2011, the year before we started, uh, my wife Josie and I were seeking God about what He had for us and where He would have us to plant. We knew that God was calling us to plant a church for a while. We did not know where. Uh, after a while, we came to the place where we realized um, that he was calling us to Fort Collins and northern Colorado. Um, it was not a place that was familiar to us. We did not go to school here. We did not grow up here. Uh, we did not know anybody here, but we felt strongly that this was the place that God was calling us. And so uh, in 2011, we came up here and we were up on the ridge uh, overlooking and near Horsetooth, overlooking Fort Collins and northern Colorado. And, and we stood there and prayed. And I remember in our prayers, taking a moment and praying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done in this place as it is in heaven. And as we prayed that, it felt more like an invitation, an invitation into something, an invitation into uh, what God would do and what that would look like. And here we are now 11 years later, and wow. Wow. Wow, I didn't know what it would look like, but it has been incredible. It has been an incredible 11 years where we've seen uh, students and teachers blessed at Lincoln Middle School, where where we had the opportunity of paying for an eye surgery for a student at Lincoln Middle School, paying for a, uh, replacing a scholarship that got lost for one of the teachers at Lincoln Middle School, let alone blessing them with Christmas bonuses every year. It's looked like marriages that have gotten saved. It's looked like people putting trust and faith in Jesus and experiencing new life, walking out of anxiety and into freedom and life. What a joy it has been and what a joy it will be. Today, we're kicking off a vision series called So That. So we'll be walking through this for the next couple of weeks, and my goal is to articulate the vision of Mill City Church and what God is inviting us into at this point. So I want to start with the basic Mill City Church vision. Uh, If you've ever gone to our website, you'll see it there. If you've been at Connect, you've heard it there. But it's this, encountering Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did so that northern Colorado looks more like heaven. So that. In other words, it is all of these things for a purpose, for others. We want to encounter Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did so that northern Colorado looks more like heaven. So each week we're going to talk through one of these phrases. We're going to start today with the last phrase. So we're going to start with the so that northern Colorado looks more like heaven. That particular phrase is contextualized to where we are and what we're, where we're at in, as far as Mill City Church, but it aligns with Jesus' mission and vision, and that is that earth looks more like heaven. We have our particular context. Jesus said the entire world. 
So to better understand this mission of Jesus, we've got to zoom out. And so um, I'm going to take just a, a kind of a whirlwind tour through the Bible, starting in the beginning. I like to call this the story of the world in six acts. Act number one is creation. God creates, this is Genesis chapter one, God creates a perfect world. And after each day of the first six days, he says, this is good. And after the sixth day, specifically after he creates humans, he says, this is very good. It's kind of like God's patting himself on the back, but he's also communicating his delight and his love for that which he has made. Everything as a result of creation was as God designed it to be, as it was supposed to be. But it didn't take us long. Genesis chapter 3, to mess it up. So act two is rebellion. Rebelling against God's ways. God had said to Adam and Eve, uh, enjoy. This is your place to rule and reign. This is a place to experience the delight of all that I've made. Now, this is my only instruction for you. Enjoy it all except for stay away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They rebel against that one command, thinking, actually, we want to determine good and evil for ourselves. As a result, they eat of the tree and invite sin and death into God's perfect world. So God's world was now not as it was designed to be. But God quickly and immediately said, this is not the way it's always going to be, and so I'm going to rescue my world because I love it so much. And so Act 3 is Israel. Israel is the family that he, he creates as the carriers of this hope, the hope of fixing the brokenness of the world. So this rescue plan to save his creation begins with Abraham and culminates with Jesus. Jesus, as a part of that family line, shows up. We get the New Testament, and we get Jesus showing up, Act 4. Act 4 is Jesus, and he shows the world what it looks like to be fully human. Took the sin and the evil of the world on himself on the cross, and he rose from the grave three days later, showing that even death had been defeated, that death would not have the last word. After 33 years, he ascends into heaven, but not before promising his return which then initiates Act 5. Act 5 is the act you and I are in. It's the act called church. It, just like in the third act, he gives a people a, a mission to carry the message of hope and life to the world in the same way he does the same thing after Jesus has, has ascended into heaven. And so we are the carriers of the message of hope. I like to say it this way, to live now like it will one day be because of what Jesus did. Pointing towards Act 6, restoration. Restoration is the glorious day that Jesus returns. The dead will rise, we will have resurrection bodies, and all creation, all of the earth will be made right. What God created in the very beginning was his design and his ideal, was for everything to be made right, this earth. God didn't say after it was broken, you know what, let's ditch it. I'm going to just kick it to the curb. Look what they did. You know what, forget it. I'll start over or, you know, I just got to get them like off that planet. That's not what he says. 
in the last book of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 21, we have John who gets a vision of what the end looks like. In chapter 21, the second to the last chapter of the Bible, he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. That's like S-E-A. In the ancient Jewish world, the sea was known as the place where chaos and evil and everything that was wrong with the world existed. So it's not that there won't be any water. It's more along the lines that there won't be any of the chaos and evil that they saw lived there. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down, important preposition, out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. In other words, God had been in heaven, but now God and His heaven has moved to earth, and they are dwelling fully and completely together. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. That's hope, everybody. That is hope to think, I'm sure, Sarah just mentioned it a moment ago, we have broken, difficult, painful things going on in our world. Maybe for some of you, it is exceptionally close. For all of us, it's around us. But the, at the, and the reality is, is that sometimes it impacts us in greater ways and other times things are, 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 we might feel like we're on a mountaintop, but nonetheless, the presence of brokenness and sin and evil is around us. Loss and pain and diagnosis and, and brokenness of relationships and anxiety and the list goes on and on. But Jesus came to talk about the hope we have because of what He has done and what the future looks like. In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where Jesus, His recording of His teachings, taught more about the kingdom of God than anything else. Now, just for a good definition of kingdom, because sometimes we think, well, what exactly does that mean? Kingdom is the rule and reign of God. So He was saying the rule and the reign of God is coming. Another way of saying is that what the world looks like when God is in charge. What the world looks like when God is in charge is a good place. That was the number one thing that he talked about. He said, it's coming. And then he also taught his disciples when they said, Jesus, will you teach us to pray? He says, and teaches them what we know as the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Important here, one sentence. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This kingdom thing is a big deal to Jesus. This so that earth looks more like heaven, so that northern Colorado looks more like heaven is a big deal to Jesus. He's saying this kingdom is coming. This kingdom is what we carry. This kingdom is what we point towards. This kingdom is what we pray for. What I'm about to say may seriously challenge what some in this room understand about the Christian faith, but I think it's true. Jesus wants us to be more concerned about his kingdom coming to earth than with us going to heaven. 
Jesus' mission isn't evacuation. Jesus' mission is restoration. The end goal of following Jesus is not escaping earth and going to heaven when you die. The goal of following Jesus is bringing heaven to earth. So, just in case you're wondering, what about heaven? Followers of Jesus who have died are in the presence of Jesus in heaven. But the last stop is not heaven. The last stop is a new heaven and a new earth. The renewal of all things when Jesus returns. When heaven becomes the goal, you can be really silent about what's happening on the earth. Injustice doesn't really matter. Because, oh, we're going to heaven. But when the renewal of all things and restoration is the goal, on earth as it is in heaven, it means we have work to do. Now. Like you and me, we have a purpose. And it isn't about wishing for it to happen. It's about doing our part. Partnering with God to see it happen. Because that prayer that Jesus encourages all of us to pray is not a passive prayer. It's not if it's your will, if you have some time, if you're not too bothered with the Middle East. You know, it's not a, Lord, if... There's nothing we can do, so please fix this world or help us escape from it. That's not the prayer. The prayer is a a participation prayer. Lord, there is so much that we can do, but only ever in your power. That's the prayer. So God invites us to participate in the process of redemption. Rich Velotis, a dear friend and one of our overseers who wrote the book Good and Beautiful and Kind, said... We seek the peace of our cities because we are called to be salt and light. And we confess that only Jesus will make all things new. Our faith must extend beyond the borders of our private, emotional, and spiritual concerns. We are called into a larger story, one characterized by participation in God's kingdom. So what's our task? Our task is to find out what is happening in heaven and manifest that on earth. So what's happening in heaven? Joy, peace, love, mercy, justice, hospitality and welcome, righteousness, on and on. Joan Chittister, an author and a Benedictine sister, said the person who learns to pray with the heart of God has no patience for injustice anyway. Why? Because there's no injustice in heaven. And if there's no injustice in heaven, there shouldn't be any injustice here. So that's why when we see people without food or shelter, we say, no, 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 that's not okay. Right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, in northern Colorado, as it is in heaven. Because no one's hungry or homeless in heaven. That's why when we see racial division, we say, no, 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 Lord. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because in heaven there is no racism, there's no classism, there's no sexism. There's peace and unity and celebration of everyone's uniqueness. That's why when we see sickness and disease, we say, no, 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 this isn't how it's supposed to be. It's why we believe in praying for healing. Because a prayer for healing is really saying, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because there's no sickness and disease in heaven. In the Gospels, when Jesus walked the earth, he taught. 
Andy did signs and wonders is what they're oftentimes called. A sign points towards something. So when Jesus heals a blind man, what is it a sign of? It's a sign of what is yet to come. It is a foreshadowing. This one thing here is what, a foreshadowing of what will happen for everything. There will be complete healing and restoration. N.T. Wright says it this way. He says, what God did for Jesus on Easter, He will one day do for the whole world. That's why when we see anxiety or depression or suicide, we say, no, that is not in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done in northern Colorado as it is in heaven where there is joy and there is peace and there is life. Why do we care about those who are far from God? Because no one is far from God in heaven. Everyone in heaven is completely immersed in the love of God. So we pray and we live into your kingdom come, your will be done in northern Colorado as it is in heaven. This is not done with my passivity, but with participation. Help me to be an answer or part of an answer to my prayers. May your kingdom come, your will be done in me, through me, through us. And that's the heartbeat, has been for the last 11 years, and will continue to be the heartbeat of our church. Which means that the church is supposed to be a restorative force, anticipating God's future, living now like it will one day be. I've had the privilege of traveling all over the world. I have a personal life goal goal to go to as many countries as I am old. I'm on track right now. I'm 49. I've been to 49 countries. Airports don't count. And, and, you know, when you go far across the world, oftentimes there's significant time changes. And so as a result, uh, you know, it can throw off your body clock. One of the ways that you can adjust to that is to, is to start living now like it will, the time will be in the place that you're going. So I'll like reset and like, okay, I'm going to go to bed earlier or I'm going to maybe go to bed later or something to start to get onto the time of the place that I'm going. I think we as the church are to be the same way. Get onto the time clock, get onto the vision of what it is going to be and start doing it and living into it now. I started this message by sharing about the way that God spoke to me and Jossie in 2011 and the ways that we prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done here. And it was an invitation. And man, I did not know what that invitation and that participation was going to look like, but wow, has it been an adventure. And that adventure continues. A little over a year ago in 21 days of prayer and fasting, in 2022, Jossie and I sensed God saying, prepare. We didn't know exactly what that meant, so we brought it to some others and, and started to discuss it and pray about it, seek counsel from our overseers, from trustees, from our staff, close friends. And we believe as a result of that, through several months of, of that, we believe that God was telling us to prepare to find a permanent home. I think that's worth celebrating. As... Many of you know, we have been a mobile, portable church for 11 years. Shout out to the people who load in and load out every week. 
so, so we believe that God wants us to prepare financially to be ready for the opportunity when that right time comes. So I'm excited to announce that we're embarking on a giving campaign called So That. Woo! It's called So That Woo! All right? And I want this to be exceptionally clear. A building is not the goal. Kingdom activity as a result of a building is the goal. In other words, a permanent home so that northern Colorado looks more like heaven. Or more specifically, so that more children encounter and love Jesus. So that we're able to serve more of the marginalized and needy. So that more people can grow in their apprenticeship to Jesus. So that there's more space for people to plant themselves in the house of God. So that more students experience life-giving community and growing faith. So that we can curate spaces of greater hospitality. So that Mill City Church can serve as a lighthouse to those looking for hope. I mean, wouldn't it be great if we could just see more people encounter Jesus? Wouldn't it be great if we could provide childcare for a single parent's night out? Wouldn't it be great if we had more room for apprenticeship to train more kingdom leaders? Wouldn't it be great if our kids' classrooms didn't have to have desks pushed up against the wall to transform a sterile college classroom into a mediocre kids' classroom? <laughs> I mean, I think our kids deserve better. An engaging place where our teachers, who are amazing, by the way, have the ability to put some energy, redirect some energy towards care, towards curriculum development, towards some other things. We're growing. We have been, and by the grace of God, over the last year. And so we're feeling some of our capacity limitations. But we also see so much potential. So much potential for what God can do and ways in which by having something that we have access to 24 hours a day, seven days a week, will enable us to see northern Colorado look more like heaven, look even more like heaven. At the end of the day, a building is not about us. I don't need more space than this. As you notice, I don't move around that much, so I don't, need a bigger sta- I don't need a bigger stage. You don't need a bigger chair. But we need more space for the people who aren't here. We need more space for the, for the people that is yet to find what you found. Community. Yet to find the hope. Yet to find purpose. And it's going to take us all. Now, before I land this message, I just want to say that I realize and acknowledge the fact that a a giving campaign or a building campaign lands in different ways for some. For some, it's like about time. (laughs) For others, (laughs) for others, you're just hesitant. You're like, interesting, have some questions. And for others, you might find yourself resistant. I'm aware of how money and buildings can, can make things awkward. They can be, they can create, money can be pressurized, create fights. But buildings and money can be handled well or they can handle, be handled poorly. We're shooting for well. Which means that 
that this isn't going to be about pressure. It's going to be about invitation and participation. That this will be handled with transparency and integrity. And at the end of the day, it isn't about, oh, we're kind of tired of loading in or loading out. That's not what this is about. This is about following Jesus. That's what we've been doing since the beginning. And we just feel like God's leading us towards this, so we're going to follow. And so we're going to follow Jesus and move at the pace of giving. And allow God to open up what he needs to open up at the timing that he's going to do. And so my ask for you today is that you would pray. Pray for God's continued leading, his provision for our church, and how you'll participate. Now, like I said, I, I didn't cover, I just covered the big idea. And so I do want you to get some questions answered. So we have a little booklet. You'll get one of these on your way out. And um, you, I encourage you to read through it. give you details on what we're trying to do, what kind of money we're trying to raise, all that kind of thing. I really wish that I could talk with each one of you in here. I uh, can't do that. And so instead, we're gonna, we will be creating some smaller spaces for Q&A and some discussion and, and, and all that type of thing. We'll let you know about all of those things coming up in a few weeks. In Genesis chapter 1, we see a pattern that gets established that we see that happens throughout the Scripture. God, in creating His perfect world, creates space and then He fills it. Right? He, he separates land from water, and la later then he fills the land and fills the water. He creates the heavens and sky. He fills them after he's created them. He creates the form, and then he fills. And then he does it with Adam and Eve. He creates these humans, and then he breathes into them the breath of life. In Exodus, God asks his people to create a tabernacle. A tabernacle is his, the place where he meets with. It's the sliver of the place where heaven and earth meet. And he gives them the instructions for this portable temple. And after they've built it to the specifications, they step back and he fills it with his presence. Later they build a permanent temple and after they've built it to his specifications, they step back and he fills it with his presence. What we feel like God is calling us to is to press into creating more space for the Spirit to fill. So that God can bring about and experience more kingdom activity through us as we partner with him. And so... My, my request is that we take one of these, read through it, and pray. And then, secondly, we have a weekly practice here. Right, a reminder that, that we're supposed, I've asked everybody to read the Sermon on the Mount once a month. Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' kingdom manifesto, what it looks like to live and participate in his kingdom. Within the Sermon on the Mount is the Lord's Prayer. So this week, I'm asking each one of us to daily pray the Lord's Prayer. So that we get, get this, your kingdom come, your will be done in us. For some of you here today, you have a specific step that God's inviting you into. And that specific step is to join the kingdom of God. Maybe it's to allow the space of who you are to be filled with the Spirit. 
to live your life under the rule of God. Kingdom is all about what it looks like when God is in charge. And so when we say yes to Jesus, what we're saying is, I want my life to look like God's in charge of it. So everything about it is under his rule, is under his reign. He gives direction to it. And out of that, we believe that we experience the flourishing life that he has for each one of us. And so if that's you here today, can I just encourage you cross the line of faith by simply saying, Jesus, I give you my life. It's a simple prayer. It is a profound prayer. It's not the only thing you need to say to God, but it is an amazing first thing to say to God, to put ourselves under his rule and under his reign and experience going from dead to alive in the family of God. Jesus, I give you my life. Whatever your next step might be. Maybe it's jumping into a city group. For all of us, ultimately what we want to do and our next step is participation in the kingdom of God. And so for us to remember this, to be reminded of this, that's, we're gonna close, I'm going to close this message by not just me praying, but us praying, us praying the Lord's Prayer. So it's going to come up here on the screen. Let's pray this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen.